Welcome to the family with... Still Masked, Hackmaster, Ralph Toy Basher, MD. And Andy Brampernard. Thank you again to Kristen Burt and Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon. It was great to hear them talking about this. Great visit. It was a great visit, and you guys did a great job as well, bringing up the stats and all the rest of it. We got it pretty much covered that sometime in the next two weeks to two months, this will be over, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's ever going to come charging back the way they're talking. Do you? No, I don't think so. I think that we're going to see it, and Andy mentioned just off air that, uh, yeah, this is always going to be around, but the chance you're getting is maybe one every 30 years you might get something like this or get this this COVID, or there might be another COVID. There's colds that run around. There's respiratory diseases that run around as a result of coronavirus. And we have a very uh, bacteria, virus-ridden world we live in. And yeah. a lot of people, I just think, don't, didn't notice that until recently. How, <laughs> just how much you can catch on a, you know, a subway seat or a McDonald's hand, door handle. Yeah. We will be right back, kick things off with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Sweet emotion. What do you think of that? We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information. Um, so, did you see what Elon Musk named uh, his new baby? He's been acting very weird. He's really a weirdo. There's no doubt about that. And you thought Northwest was a weird name. Uh, yes, I did. Elon Musk and <laughs> yes, Grimes. And by the way, her name is just Grimes. It's not... Susie Grimes, it's not Grimes Anderson. Her name is just Grimes. Oh, oh Elon so Musk girl. Oh, she got the mononym, the, huh? She did the share thing. Mm-hmm. and uh, She did, yes, indeed. She looks like a disaster. Uh, but he looks like an even bigger disaster, so that's that deal. They welcomed a baby boy on Monday and may have topped all other celebrities in the unique name game. In response to a tweet asking for the boy's name, Musk said he has been named... X, and then they, you know, when the A and the E are connected, what's that yeah. called? 
Oh, I don't know what that's called. What's that called? I don't actually know what it's. Yeah. AE. So it's X, the A and E are connected. A dash one two. So wait, X, A, E. A one two. A one two. Mm hmm. Zaya 12. Is that what it is? Zaya 12? Is A E I Zaya? It, it could be I or it could be A, depending on the language. Zaa. Zaa or Zaya 12. X, yeah. It's, it's called an AE ligature. Oh, it's a ligature. There you go. Yes. We should have known because they're tied together. Get it? That's right. Get it? Ah! <laughs> they're bound together. Exactly. They're tied together, Although so it's a ligature. The yes. traditional old English name was the ash. The ash? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like the thorn. We don't really use that anymore. No, we don't. That's absolutely true. So you, basically, he's just pulling everybody's tit. That's not the kid's real name. I kind of doubt it. Yeah, well. I think he's just, yeah. He, uh, the, the poor man, I don't know. I, I, I think he has some real, not only social problems, but he may have, he may end up with a psychotic break. And it he would, seems it, like it. It would not surprise me in the least bit. What is that all about? Just overwhelmed with money? Did the money drive him nuts? No, I just think he always had. He was always just on the edge. I mean, always on the edge of reality. So many people who are brilliant like that. If you know if that's really the case, I mean they can have uh, mental problems and psychiatric problems, and it's mm. a, it's, a, it's a terrible tragedy. I mean, I don't know what to make of this. <clears throat> if you Google Zaya twelve X A E A one two, one of the top results for shopping on Google is a prostate exam simulator. Hmm. What? That's what I got. Oh, a prostate exam simulator. S- simulator. That that's a whole different. It's uh, like it's like a silicon, you know. That's a different kettle. <laughs> of fish, is, isn't there isn't there a common name for that? Uh, butt plug. Not stimulator. Yeah, yeah, that's what that is. No, that's a that's a that's a vibratory aid that uh, stimulates mm-hmm. the prostate gland, uh, and uh, it has a, a sort of pleasurable experience associated with it for men. Some there men, you go. Some men. Um, so. I love this so much, how people are, are so deluded. It is unbelievable. CNN's parent company has sent a cease and desist letter to President Trump's re-election campaign, ordering the removal of a new ad using CNN footage. You know why they're upset? CNN is worried that it's false, misleading, and deceptive. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you do. Is false, misleading, and deceptive work. That's what news people do. That's what Hollywood does. That's what all. Yeah, that's what. That's exactly right, Tom. Now, all media. That's their job. It is no longer. It's no longer facts. It's no longer. No. You can make up your own mind. It is an editorial comment. Uh, you know, wrapped in uh, in the uh, the uh, honor of journalism. And that's a hundred percent true. By the way, that's a I, fact. The minute-long ad released Sunday includes segment from a conversation on March 30th episode of The Situation Room. It could have been 2 million people dead here in the United States. Wolf Blitzer asks Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who responds, yes. But Blitzer actually asked if he was accurate to say there might have been 2 million deaths if stay-at-home orders, the social distancing orders, hadn't been in place. Well, what's the difference? It could have been two million people dead, one way or the other. Yeah. What, wh- how is that deceptive? Andy mentioned that. We don't know. We don't know if this worked or didn't work. Yeah. And if you if you said, is it f- 
like physically possible that all life on Earth had been wiped out by this virus had we not, you know, right. done some ritual, then technically the answer is yes. But you need evidence to support that. Yeah. But if you look at Sweden, Sweden didn't uh, lock no, a lot down. Of, a lot of no. countries didn't. They do didn't lock down, and their actually mortality rate or you know mortality rate was not much. It was like kind of like France's. It wasn't as high yes. as uh, Italy. Right. Uh, more like France. It was sort of middle of the road. So it's. Really, in that case, in their case, didn't work. Wasn't necessary. So Gupta, who replied yes, actually replied, "These are all models. It's a little tough to say if you talk about something that is spreading, you know, very robustly, and is two to three times more contagious than the flu, up to ten times perhaps. Then yes. So what's the difference? Ten times more contagious than the flu. Yeah, which is ridiculous because it is a flu, isn't it? Well. Kind of. Uh, a virus is kind of a flu, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, you know, it is – the flu is really limited to the influenza virus, yeah, which has an entirely true. different structure. It's a rhino you know, virus. I would, I would almost I think. call this a cold because 30 percent of colds are yeah. coronavirus. Right. Yeah, corona just – you know, the stereotypical look of a virus where it's just like a ball covered in crap, that's a coronavirus. And it's called a coronavirus because – well, like the sun's corona. You know, that's yes. the uh, the shimmery stuff around the sun. Yeah, when there's an the eclipse. virus looks like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. the The virus kind of looks, looks like, like that. It has a crown. The thing. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, the the idea of the coronavirus is really a misnomer. Yeah. It's one of many many coronaviruses. Yeah, and in both the with, with, with the SARS and the MERS were both coronaviruses. Fortunately, the MERS. Fortunately, MERS. Was not very infectious. No, that tapered out like immediately. It, just, it went away. SARS wasn't infectious. This is just infectious. It just you know you get it, yeah. and we're all going to get it or get exposed to it in some way, and yeah, that's the way it is. So, so one of my favorite days ever. I will never forget Cinco de Mayo, twenty twenty, when a news organization claimed somebody else had been mis- misleading and deceptive. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke that is. That's all you people do in the news. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's projection. Is, yeah, it's projection. You spin it whichever way you want to spin it. It's misleading. It's deceptive. But you do it every hour of every day. Yep. And the point fingers is a little odd, you know. Yeah. And look, if you guys at CNN want to plug President Trump uh, to be reelected, yeah, you know, that's the way it goes. <laughs> God. I I I, I'll, I said it before and I'll say it again. Our choices are Donald Trump and Joe Biden. <laughs> What a selection that is, huh? Well, uh, you know, if you look back over a number of election cycles, presidential election cycles, it's been, uh, you know, you know, which you're going to vote for, which you know the the candidates they haven't been getting the the top people that you'd like to see. But no doubt, but Joe's not there yet. I mean, they they could still do no, a that's uh, true. they could uh, do a, a what do you call it a, a, bro- a brokered a brokered convention <clears throat> brokered convention could call be, up uh, uh, Cuomo that would but that but then. Well, Joe's Joe's a party man, so he would he would just sort of step aside. Yeah, he would. Yeah, indeed. Chris Christie in an interview with Dana Bash of CNN, the former. And by the way, nobody does the sad face better than Dana Bash. I don't know how often she practices it in the mirror at home, (laughs) but my God, she does the sad face really well. I got to see this. We're going to destroy the American way of life. If people can't go back to work soon, of course, everybody wants to save every life they can. But the question is, towards the end, ultimately. Are there ways we can thread the, the middle here? 
and he doesn't say thread the needle. It says thread the middle mm-hmm. here to allow that there are going to be deaths, that there are going to be deaths no matter what. So basically, Chris Christie is, is said, and, and he's right, that there are going to be deaths to get through this. And unfortunately, it, it's sad, but it's true. There are going to be people that die because of this. And there's going to be people that die from the next uh, influenza mm-hmm. that comes around. There's going to be <clears throat> yeah, people who die, die. You know, it's 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 a terrible tragedy. I think re- I think I really think some of the thinking is coming out. Say, let's protect the people who need to be protected. People in nursing homes. Those the people should be figure out how to protect them as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us, let's go. All right, Get we got done. our first guest on the line, so we can probably okay, we'll take, take a break. A... I'll call the second guest, and then we'll. You got it. Sounds yeah. good. We'll be right back. Special guest up next with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The XCheck app brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCheck app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. We're rocking out, baby. That's all I know. Ladies and gentlemen, special guests Brian Neto and Adam Schindler are with us. Uh, 50 Stage of Fright on Quibi, featuring the episode Gray Cloud Island, a three-part episode that Brian and Adam directed. The 50 States of Fright horror series. Uh, i got to tell you, Brian and Adam, I just talked uh, about a week ago. I talked to Jeffrey Katzenberg. He sure is proud of Quibi, mm-hmm. man. He's very happy. Well, if he's happy, we're happy. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey's a hell of a good guy, actually. I've always enjoyed talking to him. But uh, this is right in my wheelhouse, by the way, the 50 States of Fright Horror Series on Quibi. Now, Quibi, for people who don't know what Quibi is, if if you guys could explain what Quibi is. Uh, By the way, especially in this day and age where everybody's got a billion things going, I, I guess even if they're, you know, uh, staying home all the time, you still got a billion things going. So, ten minutes is a lot better now than twenty-four minutes used to be, isn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, so for people who don't know what Quibi is, Quibi is a app that goes to your smartphone that um, has content specifically made to be viewed on your phone. Um, High-quality shows um, that, you know, each episode or each chapter of each episode runs between 5 and 10 minutes. Um, You know, originally it was meant to be, and it still will be at some point, it's meant to be, you know, episodes watched while you're standing in line at the bank or on the bus or waiting for whatever. Obviously, uh, everybody's home right now, but the hope is that once things start to settle down a little bit and people start to get back to life, uh, that they'll be able to watch episodes, you know, uh, on the go and not have to worry about pausing something in the middle of an episode. You know, this is this really, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this really represents the, the uh, effect of YouTube and the short videos that no have been doubt. put up on YouTube yep. and the fact that people have started to consume uh, the, the sound bite of consumption or the, the amount of uh, att- the attention length of t- attention span has been reduced to about 10 minutes. And it's just wonderful to see this capitalized mm-hmm. and yeah. produced this way. Uh, ideal. I would agree. Yeah, I, I think I, 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 I think I think people have less and less time, and even for you know, when we put our son to bed, I, I will, my wife and I would try to figure out what to watch, and it's usually we usually decide based on how long the show is. If it's an hour, we don't have time for those anymore. So I can get her to I can get her to commit to thirty minute shows, and after I got used to thirty minute shows, the thing I said was you know the next thing is going to be fifteen. Yeah. And so and then Jeffrey went one further. He said, "How about seven and a half? So, so yeah. I just think people people are so busy. They just they want to get their same, they want to get their content, but they they just they don't they have to fit it into to more to a busier schedule. You know what's amazing about that, and I want to ask both of you. Actually, I want to ask both the guys in the studio here and Brian and Adam. Um, this is just my opinion, and I'd like your your take on it. Movies at the theater are way too long now. They're two hours, and I do not have a half an hour to sit and watch trailers and then watch a two-and-a-half-hour movie. I just, I'd love to do it. I mean, there are movies that are two-and-a-half hours long I'd love to see, but I just can't, I because I do a morning show, I do an afternoon show, I got all the other stuff I have to do. I got three different jobs. I cannot sit in a movie theater for three hours. I just... Why did why did movies get longer rather than do exactly what you guys are doing? They should have gotten shorter. <laughs> yeah, my my opinion is not. You want to go ahead, Adam? I was going to say I don't know that. I I was just going to say my personal opinion. I happen to love long movies because to mm-hmm. me it's hard to get a long film made. So if you have a long film, it means that everyone that signed off on that, and because theater owners do not want long movies, that's just one right, less show that they can right. squeeze in a day. So to me, it means that it, it's it's a pretty tight film, or that person has the clout to tell a story of that length. I think, for me personally, what has gotten it, it's not the movies have gotten longer; it's just the time needed to get to the movie and to get a yeah. babysitter and to drive to the theater, and then you want to go out to eat before or after. Mm-hmm. Then you have to drive home, and I think it's the time around the movie that we've been accustomed to just sitting on the couch and hitting play on Netflix, and, and it. It removes all of the right. excess time and energy and travel and logistics to get to it. I think that, for me personally, is what has changed. So um, that's just my opinion, yeah. And if I could bring up one physiologic thing, I no longer have a two-hour movie bladder. <laughs> and, and 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 you know, or or one another snack. I mean, it, 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 it you, if you if you're able to see things that are shorter, or if you're able to break them up into shorter periods or shorter pieces, 
then you can get up, get a snack, go take a leak, you know, you know, or, you know, maybe go take a walk. I mean, there's there's a lot of things to this. Or while you're walking, watch one of the watch a, a Quibi short. I mean, yep. it's, it's really yep. an ideal kind of a thing. And I'm, I agree. Uh, I admire what you've done. I think it's very smart. Now, I would say uh, 50 states of fright. I've been, I've been a, a fright fan my whole life. I love horror films. I'm not a slasher kind of guy. I'm not big into the slasher movies, but the jump out, scary things, the, you know, that kind of thing, the things that could be true, that might be real. Mm-hmm. I love all that stuff, as a matter of fact. And those movies don't tend to be that long. They tend to be about 80 to 95 minutes. Yeah, it's like... Um, yes. Equated to like a roller coaster, you know what I mean. You don't want to be on a roller coaster for two hours, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? right, exactly. Or the spinning barf. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, Quibi is the, is the perfect uh, format for something like we're trying to do, um, which is you know, Quibi is high quality stuff. Let's not, you know, I don't want people to think like, oh, oh you know, no, it's just YouTube. Right. It is high cinematic, like big budgets, big actors, uh, quality stuff. So um, that's what's exciting. That's what I think Jeffrey Katzenberg has has really done, which mm-hmm. is get the star power behind it and get the creators, the good creators, to, to really maximize the format and not just go, oh, okay, we're just going to cut this thing right in the middle and, and make it seven minutes. It's, no, it's like, let's tell a story. Beginning, middle, and end in seven minutes or what happens, break it down in chapters. Love it. So 50 States of Fright. Gray Cloud Island. I want to hear all about Gray Cloud Island. Well, Gray Cloud Island is obviously a real place in Minnesota. Um, you know, the idea of 50 States of Fright is basically telling urban legends or ghost stories from, you know, all the 50 states. And luckily, you know, we're, Brian and I are from Minnesota, so we, we pitched mm-hmm. the Minnesota episode, and we're lucky enough to, uh, you know, be, uh, be hired to, to do it. But Gray Cloud Island is actually a real island. Uh, we grew up in Woodbury. It's very close to that. It's just close to Cottage Grove, and it's kind of what we found. We did a little research trying to kind of plan for what we wanted to do with it, and we found it was kind of a uh, grab bag place of paranormal whatever. There wasn't really one specific thing. There was not one specific haunting or, or one specific paranormal encounter. It's basically everything from KKK base camps to white picket pickup trucks that run people off to crazy, shrieking ghost women, like... It was a grab bag of everything. So we kind of crafted a story that used that, um, and then, you know, as it, basically the, the idea is that the island, uh, all these rumors were made by the people on the island to keep people away to hide a much bigger secret. And that's kind of what our episode explores. See, that's right in my wheelhouse, man. I'm telling you, it's the stuff that I love to watch. So there are three seven to seven and a half minute episodes. Is that correct? Our our episode total, yeah, our episode total is about twenty four minutes. So I think it, the first episode seven, the second eight, the, the last one is nine. Okay. Um, you know, it it, it, it they vary, but our, ours is one of the longer episodes that's been released thus far. Yeah, I mean, ten okay. minutes. I think when Je- I talked to Jeffrey about it, he said he maxed it out at ten minutes, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, that- I think there's very few that I've seen that are ten minutes of any of any kind of show specifically. Was uh, it especially fifty states of fright? When you right. do when you do something of this length, was it is it difficult to uh, in this in the seven uh, minutes or then ten minutes say is it difficult to set up the story and and get to a cliffhanger? Um, I would well, say I, would I mean say, I, it, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, we, I mean, it, because it's three different chapters, you know, the traditional structure for, for, for feature, filmmaking, feature filmmaking is three acts, the three act structure. So fortunately for us, we had huh. three chapters, we broke it down. And so it, it all hit at a very natural place. But, you know, the, a lot, the, the first cut of this thing was probably 27, 28 minutes. So you really, you don't know until you get in the editing room, okay, what's a good pace and what's a good end. And so when you're actually making it, not really. Like when you're okay. making it, it's not as if we said, all right, this is our absolute cliffhanger or this is our absolute ending. We had ideas for what it might be, but you're making it out of order, out of sequence on certain days. You're really just focusing on getting the script. And then you realize when you get in the editing room, you can manipulate certain sequences ah, to be your to be your. There editing. you go. Okay. I love it. I, I, I think it's a wonderful idea. I think it just fits uh, the way the. So you guys both grew up in Woodbury, you said? Uh, yeah, we did. Woodbury, uh, we met in fourth grade, Woodbury Elementary School, went to the junior high and high school, and then I went to Augsburg College, and Brian went to River Falls, and then we moved out here to Los Angeles and uh, tried to make a go of it. And things worked out. They're working out so far. You know, can't, say it's, <laughs> can't say it's been easy. Well, you never know. You no, know no, I mean? no, I understand. <laughs> um, have you guys booked on the KQ Morning Show yet? Because I'd love to have you on the morning show as well. We, uh... We were on, yes, we, we, we were on, when you were actually off, I think it was on a Friday, we uh, spoke a couple weeks ago, and did, a little, did a little bit, um, but uh, yeah, it was fun. It, it was interesting, because, uh, you know, everybody's on quarantine, and um, the gentleman we were speaking to was in Montana, and then they were coordinating from Minnesota, and we were in Los Angeles, and it's like, this is the future, baby. Yeah, I mean, that is the whole, it's funny, because I brought that up this morning, and I won't spend a lot of time on this, we only have about one minute left, but... But I talked about the fact that there is no reason to have a radio building anymore, other than for the the uh, <laughs> the transmitter. The transmitter. That I, I I literally I'm doing I'm doing the morning show from this podcast studio, so I don't go in. Brian's in Montana. We got a couple of people over there in uh, on the St. Paul Minneapolis border. You guys are in Los Angeles. That's what radio and podcasting is now. That's exactly what it is. Yep. So it is the future. Well, but yeah. Okay. Is, yeah, would it be possible? What, that's what all. That's what. That's. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say very quickly. I just, if I get a chance to book you guys again when I'm actually on the morning show, I'd love to have you back on again if you have time. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. We're, we're, we're always available. Right? We will reach out. So, what were you going about? You were about to say. I was just saying that. I was just saying that everything is changing for us. You know, we're taking meetings via Zoom. Uh, people right. are trying to figure out what the future of filmmaking is going to look like. I think everyone, we're all going to be, uh, it's going to have a ripple effect on, on communication in general and, and storytelling and podcasts. I think uh, fiction storytelling uh, via podcast is going to become very attractive because it doesn't require 100 people together on a film shoot, um, potentially spreading what have you. So it's, it's, all, it's all changing so rapidly. We're just trying to ride the wave. It is a wonderful thing. 50 States of Fright, ladies and gentlemen. On Quibi, if you have not heard of Quibi, check it out. It's uh, as, as uh, the gentleman mentioned, Brian and Adam mentioned. Uh, Quibi is just an app you put on your iPhone. You're good to go. Seven, eight, nine minutes. Make a couple of things that are ten minutes long. It fits your world perfectly. It's great programming. You guys do phenomenal work, and I will reach out. Uh, I can't wait to have you on the morning show. I appreciate your time today. Please, please, please do. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate it as usual. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 
Brian Netto and Adam Schindler, ladies and gentlemen, 50 states, uh, states of fright on Quibi. I always love to promote young guys and young women uh, from the area that have made it and are about to make it. They're working very, very hard, and I just I admire the effort. You go to Augsburg, you go to River Falls, and all of a yeah. sudden you're headed to Los Angeles to be in the movie business. Wow. That's good for young people to hear. Hey, man, I can do this. I didn't go to Harvard. I didn't go to Stanford. I went Yale. to River Falls. Didn't Yale. go to Yale. Yeah, but you still can make it, and you can. There's no any anybody who wants to make it can make it. Sometimes you got to bust your ass really hard to make it, but if you're willing to do that, everybody can make it. I love it. We will be back for one final segment with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. What? Put that one on for a while. Rodney Dangerfield can't dance. Because <laughs> that's dance. the scene out of that's exactly Caddyshack, right. he can't dance. All right, so i got to get you guys' take on this. There's going to be a new Joe Exotic show. Of course oh, there is. Well, of course. Joe Exotic's not going to be in it. Who plays Joe Exotic in the series? Do you oh. know? The first TV role he's accepted since 1981. Dana yeah. Carvey? No. no. Dana Carvey? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I mean. Well, is it? Last time he accepted a, a, a TV role was in 1981, and now 39 years later he's accepted this role playing Joe Exotic in an eight-part series. I, I don't know what's on Netflix or one of them. I don't know. Not that I'll be watching it because I'm so sick to death of Joe Exotic I can't even see I know that's it's I, it's idiotic or in do a dramatic series it makes no sense. I know. Well, here we go. The only two people on that show I liked were the guy with no legs and the woman with no right arm. Or is it her left arm? Left I can't arm. remember. She lost her arm? left arm. They were the only two halfway decent people in that whole show. Yeah. God. Yeah, as troubled as they may have been in the past, right. they were the only people that ended up like, "Hey, I got it together here." That's very very true. So, basically, ladies and gentlemen, Nicolas Cage will play Joe Exotic. Oh, man. Oh, 
The might he have fallen. Is that what you're thinking over there? Oh, man. Oh. I can kind of see it on your face. I, I don't need, know enough about Joe Exotic to know I if that's need a good the money. I mean, this is, a, I would think, this is yeah. awful. Who's, no one's going to watch this. I wouldn't no? think so. The whole, the whole compelling thing about the other thing is it was, it was, they had a sense of it being real. It's something that really happened. Yeah, I suppose if it's an actor, then it just becomes an actor. A not, bad. Just, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, there's going to be a Carol Baskin series, too. The other two different on, series? Two different series, yeah. That's dumb. And you, and Kate McKinnon's going to play Carol Baskin. So, Kate McKinnon. So just because some, somebody's bored to stiff, uh, bored stiff in America, and they watch Tiger King, now all of a sudden they think we're, it's all about Tiger King. It's a new thing, apparently. God, that show was horrible. I, I did end up watching it. You didn't watch it at all? No. You'd hate it. I probably would. It's some of the most arrogant prick human beings I've ever seen in my I just entire don't, life. I don't get the appeal of watching annoying bad people be annoying and bad. I couldn't agree more. Kate McKinnon. Mm. Yeah, Kate McKinnon makes no there. sense. That makes no sense at all. The woman they should have is the woman who was on Reno 911, the blonde. I don't know what her name. Oh was. yeah, she's great. She'd be the perfect one, but I, maybe she's she she saw the the fruit the. Uh, Flaws in this thing. I can't. I. I'm not going to watch it. It, it. It. There's no reason to. It. No. No. There's no reason to watch that show. It's going to be a. I would think it'd be a bomb. At maybe the first episode or two will do well. Then people go, well, this is nothing. Why do I want to do this? Yeah, it's not real. They're making this up. I can make stuff weird stuff up and loser kind of characters up too. Nah. Not done. I have a question for you, and I'm very serious. And, and again, I don't have a dog in this fight. You got Donald Trump and you got Joe Biden, and, you know, we'll see. I'm not going to have a fit. No matter if Donald wins or Joe wins, I'll be fine. You know, I'll live through it. But Trump is supposed to be preparing to hand over power just in case. Will the government be ready? Hand over power? They're just assuming that Joe Biden's going to win, I guess. I don't know. Oh. Or the question I have many was going to resign or something. Well, that was my question, Andy. Do you think he ever even wanted to be president in the first place? Do you think he just did? I thought he did it for the popularity. He did do it for the popularity. And the he name recognition. On, the name recognition. He loved being on network television. Yeah. He loved being Donald Trump. Yep. And I don't know if he ever wanted to be elected president. He was just in it and, and kind of all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, I can do this. Well, I think he didn't want to at first. But yeah. now he does. Because he realized he can do and say anything and not, none of it really matters. He does say a lot. Yeah, he sure <laughs> does. No question about that. <laughs> a lot of things Donald, aren't Donald, right either. Yeah. Donald's had not some, big on shutting up. We've had some presidents that have said just the most outrageous, <laughs> no insane doubt. things in office. Yep. LBJ was just completely insane. That's because he was insane. And That's he was... what I'm saying. But once you're in there, it's very, very difficult to remove the president. You know what's amazing about that? You look back, and this is why I say if Donald Trump gets reelected, I'll live. Joe Biden gets elected, I'll live. I'll get over it. Uh, you look back at some of these presidents yeah, and how crazy Nixon was, how crazy Johnson was. Uh, the yeah. fact that John F. Kennedy, his family was in the mafia, for Christ's sake. You can't even deny that. It doesn't matter. It's a name recognition. That's all that matters. Uh, but look at the thugs and psychopaths we've had in that office. Yeah, That's right. We sure have. Holy Hannah. And I'm willing to bet that through history, you'll be able to find someone 
It'll refer to every president as being a thug and a, th- and a psychopath. I don't think there's, there's any a, there's, there's a group that's going to say, oh, they were thugs and psychopaths. Other than Jimmy Carter, and he lost horribly because he, he was not a bad person. Yeah, he that's was right. too inoffensive, and that didn't generate headlines. <laughs> it's true. He wasn't yeah. offensive, therefore he lost. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. And I, 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 Barack Obama was not offensive. He was just different. That's why he he won. Yes. Oh, he's he's a, a black man. Yep. Well, actually, he's mixed race, but they never talk about that. They never talk about him being Asian. They never talk about him being Asian, white, and black. And they never talk about uh, oh, Tiger Tiger Woods is being Asian. That's no, true. he's Asian, black, and and he has a he's Coblin Asian. Coblin Asian. That's it. I was that's trying to think of the word. Coblin Asian. Caucasian, well, black, and well, Asian. Well, no one does. No, everybody could refer to him as being black. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So so yep. once again, we get into that that whole. Uh, what was it? The segregation laws, you know, whether you're a quatroon or octoroon right. or a lotto, right. you know. So, 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 at what point where can you call yourself black? How much can you be yeah. before you can call yourself black? Well, America has this weird dichotomy where the only two races that exist are white and black in the media. I know it's ridiculous. If you, like any commercial, it's white and black people. Yes, and the percentage of black people is way higher than it is in real life because well, every clear. minority for some reason is black. You say barely any Asians in commercials Once or in a while, TV you're right. or you're right. They're becoming more popular after crazy rich Asians and off the boat became popular. But when when was the last time you saw uh, a Mexican American or Central America American, you know, anybody who was Spanish yeah. on? I mean I don't know if I've ever seen a commercial with that. Do you see the new Babel commercial with the young white woman? Babel? And again, Babel's uh, teaching you language. It's a, I don't know if it's an app or what it is, but you can learn languages. Like the Babel fish. Like the Babel fish, yes, exactly. Or like the Tower Tower of Babel. Babel. Well, although Tower of Babel, it should be called anti-Babel. But this will show you politically where we're headed in America. So this young, young white woman is on there. And she's explaining why she went to Babel to learn to speak a different language. And instead of saying, well, I want to learn to speak Spanish because my husband speaks Spanish. Right? Right. She didn't say that, though. What did she say? She said, well, my husband being from Guatemala, it's like, <laughs> Jesus, really? Are you, do you have to tell us how wonderful you are because you married someone from Guatemala? Settle down with that. Isn't that amazing that because of the country you're from, what language you speak, your skin color, you have to be treated differently. That's right. Either better or worse. Yeah. They're both horrible. You know, and, and, and how thick does the accent or the language, how, how much different does the language have to be before you have to take it as a foreign language? Exactly. Because if you look, look at certain uh, urban dialects in America, I can't understand those people when they talk, if you talk talk to people who are from the, um, the, from the bayou, the way those people talk, even though they're not speaking, not they're not speaking, uh, French, they're speaking this, this thick pigeon, this, yeah. When do you, when is that a foreign language you really should consider learning to be able to understand Mm -hmm. and uh, and talk to these people? If it's mutually unintelligible, then technically it should be considered a different, well, look at the Chinese in China. There's, Oh, yeah. Cantonese, there's Mandarin, uh, there's a couple other small ones, but they're all mutually unintelligible. They can't talk to each other except in very basic. It would be like you know us going down to talk to someone who speaks 
uh, Cajun pigeon language. Yeah. We could talk to each other, but only very simply. We could say, like, cup, you know, that kind of thing. But we couldn't have a conversation. And Chinese, despite the fact that it's all called the Chinese language, every dialect is like that. Switzerland, yeah. every village has its oh, own little dialect, every, and no one can understand each every other. Every valley. Right? Yeah. You go a different valley, you can't. And it's and – it's, but it's all Swiss German. It's all Swiss German, even though technically it's a multitude of different languages. Yeah. So if I wanted to learn Swiss German, uh, you know, it I'm is. sure I could do that, but I don't know what kind of Swiss German I'm learning. I don't know what village speaks this version of Swiss right. German. It's probably the right. major, the biggest major city, but that doesn't help me if I go to any other. Like if I go to a, yep. a rural area, I'm probably not going to be able to talk to them. You know, one of my favorite things about you just gave me a great memory, and I hadn't even thought about this, but like 45 years ago when I was dating, and this is five years before I met Catherine, all these movies came out, right? Like Shaft. Oh, yeah. And, you know, all these different movies came out. They were very urban movies. Dolomite. Dolomite. <laughs> that was that was not at that time. It was a different time. But, Sweet, you know. Sweetback's badass song. That was, yep, that came out. But what was funny is if we went on a date and went to see one of those movies, if I went on a date with a woman, I literally spent the entire movie translating <laughs> yeah, what they were saying. That's cute. That's, That's a right. true story. I would translate what Shaft was saying because they couldn't understand it. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're from North Minneapolis. What's he saying? <laughs> translating. What is a jive-ass turkey anyway? Yeah, what is a jive-ass turkey? Honky mother effer. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, God. It, means, I, it means friend. Don't worry about it. That's a great memory you just gave me. That's, oh, that's, I had forgotten all about that, that I used to have to translate black movies to white women. <laughs> yeah. That's very funny. Yeah, and, the, and, that's the, and that language or that, that dialect is a real thing. Yes. And Oh, yeah. You know, and, and the reason people don't want to learn it is because, well, I don't want to talk to those people. I mean, that, I wonder if I that's agree. a reason. I understand. That is going to do it. Hell of a show today, man. That, that show shot by today, man. Yep. Great, guys. Great Thank time. you again to Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon. Good guy. Kristen Burt, wonderful person. See, this is what I'm saying. We have Republicans on. We have Democrats on. They're good people. The far left and the far right, nope, ain't going to happen. They're not coming on this show or the morning show. No Westboro Baptist Church on this show? Ah, no, there will not be any. Fred Phelps or whatever his name is. Except nope. I think he's dead now. Fred Phelps is dead now, yeah. He's long dead, six years. God hates the big F. Remember that? Thank you. Thank you so much. God hates flags. Yes, flags, exactly. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.